Welcome to Go Home Heat, a wrestling podcast. What a wrestling episode we had here, Dynamite. Spoiler alert, this may have been my favorite episode of Dynamite ever. I agree. It, All honestly, it was yeah. it was off the chain. Crowd was hot from the jump. They did the best thing they could do. They ret- they left Daly's place, and this was a a bigger venue, and they did the best thing you can do. The best thing this company can do to start a show off with a big venue is to have John Moxley come out first. Dude, I I said it in the group chat, but every time that first pop hits for him, it looks like he just did a line because he was he was feeling it right but at, at this point too the song wild thing gets associated with him and with the minute that starts to get played people get crazy and for there's a little piece of me that's almost like because wild thing is cool but the joan jett version is kind of it reminds me of a movie called major league where the relief pitcher was kind of a bit of a wild like you could yeah. control where he threw the ball and that's like a comedy, so it's kind of a little bit of counter to me, intuitive to me. I get, yeah, I get. But it. it totally works, and the crowd just loves it. You know oh what I mean? God. And so they're they're through the moon, and we get uh, Carl Anderson and Mox, and you quickly get for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight and you, U.S. U.S. Championship. I apologize. I apologize. U.S. Championship, and you quickly get reminded of how good Anderson actually is as a wrestler. Yeah. When he's when he like wants to go and when he's given the time to stretch, yeah, he's pretty daggum good. Right, and you get a very good match here. Moxley's such a strange. I love I love Mox as a character, and I and I enjoy him, but he's such a strange seller. Like he'll sell, uh, like he'll punch himself in the head and sell that more sometimes than getting hit off the ring post. Yeah. He's a different kind of guy. Like, but but it it all works in Mox in the Mox verse. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, it does. And he always walks towards pain. I, I always feel like the most important thing a wrestling match or just a wrestler in general can have is internal consistency. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't need it to be quote realistic, but as long as it's like consistent with itself, that's fine. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. 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 But like. You know, he's getting punched in the head by Anderson, and he continues to lock eyes with Anderson after each blow. You know what I mean? And that kind of thing. But again, it works in his character, like you said. And so we get a great match. He does, it was funny, he does the um, paradigm shift for the win there. Then we get uh, Archer coming on and challenging with a backstage promo and he wants a Texas death match in his home state. Uh, yeah. Mox cuts a promo later in the episode where he talks about how Lance was Texas born and Texas bred and next week he'll be Texas dead. <laughs> I did feel like Mox really did well in that promo. Oh, it was great. Archer was fine too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, but I mean, Mox, Mox, the intensity he brought in that later promo was so fire. Yeah. And, and po- yeah, exactly. And then post Archer, you have the Andrade backstage segment where he inquires as to what is a death triangle and then seems to want to find them, we would assume this means we're going to be getting matches. Yes. Perhaps they'll form death rectangle, though. The possibilities are endless, and I'm so excited. Literally any version of what happens next is awesome. If you give me Penta Andrade... I I will devote my life to the company. If you give me... Pac 
Andrade. I will get an AEW tattoo on my neck. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> of just those striped pants. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that Andrade works to wrestle. Uh, okay. And then if you give me, like, a Phoenix gets healthy and you Andrade give me. Andrade Phoenix. I yeah. will be front, front row every single show they ever have. Yeah, like. Yes, absolutely. And so, with the neck tattoo. Of with the neck tattoo. Yes. Cody and I will lock eyes and he will know I am I am one of his. <laughs> um and I would love somehow to this become a faction. Yes, that's what I'm saying. You know, I'll do like you said, this didn't have to be great. All you had to do was let me know that that's on the radar. That's it. And and and, and dude, I'm unbelievably excited. Absolutely. They, got, they were really good this episode of getting me hyped for things that were coming up. With talking. Or even just the possibility of what's going to happen. But with talking. Uh, with talking. And I, I, I'm, well, I think if I'm consistent enough in my mind, I'll get to that. But Cage versus Stark, Kaz, uh, Taz on commentary, Hobbs outside of the ring. They did a great job last week of making me think that Starks might get swerved. Taz did a good job of alluding to maybe a little too much. I want this to be a fair fight. Yes. Earlier in the match, Hobbs pulls the belt away from Starks when he looks to cheat. And then Cage, and I'm, I'm, I'm glossing over a tremendous performance by both wrestlers. Cage walks into a belt shot, gets pinned by Starks. Gets the spear, which I really like Ricky Spear. Yeah, of course. And you get... Starks going over, holding the FTW title. Cage is a man now, alone it seems. And I thought they did a very good job of swerving me. And then Taz immediately leaves to not have to answer any questions about what just happened. I felt like this was extremely well done. Yes, it really was. I think a lot of the facial expressions of the people in the match and ringside really sold it as well. I do think Powerhouse Hobbs has probably the best sneer Mm -hmm. in the game. Yes, it's great. He looks like he is not to be trifled with. No, it's it's wonderful. I really like Hobbs. And, and that faction also has, like, especially when Cage was there, Taz does not look like a trifle. No. And neither does Cage. <laughs> so for Hobbs to stand out in those three, that's pretty that's good. That's impressive. Right, correct. Um, then we get, post this match, uh, Cody storming the announcer. To, first of all, I want to say, if they ended this program here, with Cage and Starks and move on for both elsewhere. This was a well-done program that ended correctly. Yes. And they didn't let me know what was going to happen till the final moments. And so, so then Cody approaches the announcer's table, loses it. He's going crazy. Gives it the old chip on his shoulder promo. Uh, we don't attack 60-year-old men here. Yeah. <laughs> which they do every single week. Yeah, about about twice a month. Yeah. However, then we get the Tony in Malachi Black retort. Yeah, so he has like a little Titantron video playing, and he talks about, uh, he tells this story about a man and his horse, and the horse is a prized racing horse, but eventually it gets old, and when the fire is gone, the guy decides to kill the horse uh to put him out and he i literally like that because that's what that's exactly the same thing that cody was talking about when he was about to fight dustin was that same exact story about a man and a horse 
So I thought flipping that back on Cody is so good. Right. And then Cody's like, come out here and fight me. Malachi's like, I was hoping you would say that, which is come just, get a closer look. Yeah. <laughs> it's just do- dope lines. Uh, lights go out. Malachi appears in the ring. The, the visual symbolism happening with Cody in the white suit, Malachi in the black suit, talking about horses, very Western. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I love it. It was great. Also, Cody is not an old man. No. So, he's not saying, I had to put you down because you're too old. No. Because he says in the promo, the horse had changed. Yes, yes. Which is different. Like you said, the fire was gone. The fire was gone. And he says, you've changed. But, to some degree, it doesn't even have to be, Cody, you don't have that fire anymore. It can be, your management now. You're not. You need to go ahead and be management. Yes. And with him saying, maybe I'm over, Cody in his promo saying, maybe I'm overstepping my bounds as management. Yeah, he, he goes out and he says, maybe I'm uh, abusing my power or something like that. Correct. And now you've opened that door because you've changed can be. Oh, yeah. Shouldn't you just keep the suit on? Yeah. You know? Isn't it, You got a TV show now. You want to be a politician. Why, why are you out here? Kinda can always, you really compete? Yeah. Still, you know, is it fair to us? Is it? Yeah, absolutely. Am I defending the entire locker room by, you know what I mean? And then piggybacking on a, a segment a little while later, we get with Marshall. Well, what did he call Cody? The uh, golden, the golden shovel. But then he had a term. Yeah, yeah. He says the golden shovel, which I thought was funny. But then it was Cody. What was it? Cody holes. As in, you dig a hole, right? Yes. Right and shovel. right and it was well done. Now that's that's later on in the evening, but again it opens that door to you're the boss. They're doing that with the Bucks too as well to some degree. They're doing it with Omega a little bit. You're getting leveraged by which is it's going to be the elephant elephant in the room anyway. It should be part of the show as well. Absolutely. Um, I thought that was great. Then we go back to the Ortiz Santana promo in the back. This I love, too. Tully pulls up. Tully walks up on him with his luggage. He's alone. The two guys that don't like him are right there. He kind of orchestrated their guy getting beat up. So you think, okay, here's where they get, he gets his comeuppance. They have a crowbar. I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, Tully's on his hands and knees, begging to not get hurt. And they it's plastic or something. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's rubber right. or whatever. And they, and they laugh at him. And they tell him, hey, you know, we don't do that. We respect our elders. But understand, it's coming. It's coming. So get your boys. Get your boys, right. I love that. I loved it because it did show Tully as the worm. It showed Ortiz and Santana. It was a good way to push them into the face, the baby face spear. You know what I mean? Because I I thought they did it well, too. And we'll get there with... With a couple things Sammy did. Yes. I think those guys are doing a better job of getting to the face than, say, what Jericho's been doing to get to the face, if that makes sense. Then we have Hangman Page in a talking segment with Tony Schiavone. He's in the ring. He wants Kenny. His friends are right. The Dark Order. The Elite come out. Every one of them cuts a promo on him. As soon as Dawn comes out, though, oh, my God, the crowd hated that dude, which is so perfect, right? That's like, that's ideal. Don's voice comes out and everyone just instantly changes. They're so hot for Hangman. The crowd mm-hmm. was super hot the whole night. Right, of course. And uh, like you said, really hot for Hangman. 
But I thought I thought that um, Mike being the one to get in the ring because he was the first one to say Hangman's not really one of us. If you Dude, go back to the beginning of all of that. Well, what impresses me so much about what Matt's done specifically with this uh, this like little feud, he always says like the most hurtful things. Mm-hmm. But it all feels like it comes from like a, a genuine place. If that makes sense, like it's something that someone who views it the way he views it would say. He right. drops a line during this that I thought was just just awful, uh, just brutal. Uh, he calls Hangman wrestling's next great tragedy, right. which was horrible. That's just an unfathomably bad thing to say. How horrible is that? Right. But he he is looking at a man that, in his view, is pissing away his talent on booze. Yes. In a lack of self confidence. Yes. Look at how much success. Them and Kenny are having versus him. I can you can totally see why he would and he yet, would he would take that and and put his his words right in like a crowbar in there and then use it as leverage it to open. say right. say the worst thing possible to right. to for leverage, which is oh my god. And Kenny and the Bucks they do ride a wave of ego, absolutely. You know, and so for a man to stand across the ring and have doubt. That would be unfathomable to them. Yeah. They, How they could you even yeah. be here if you doubt yourself? Exactly. He He's a failure on every level to them. Especially because we chose you. Yeah. You know? We were the greatest thing out there. We started our own company. And we wanted you there. We picked you. And you couldn't make it. Exactly. You know? And you're it's, an idiot. It's messed up. But you, you can see why they would think that. And they, they do these horrible things. And then Matt's like... And you're not going to hit me because you're afraid. And then Hangman, of course, like decks him. And in character, they haven't been wrong. Exactly. Okay, now when he decks him, of course, we get the Dark Order come out and they clear the ring. And then Kenny and him go back and forth and he wants his title match. And Kenny's like, no, you're not going to get a title match, but you can have a five on five one. He says, okay, but if I win, I get my title shot. He says, well, okay, but it's not you get something and I don't. Right, that's not how we do this. So if you lose, you don't get title shots. Yes, yes. So he Hangman also Kenny says, wanted his whole crew to get a title shot. Yes, he wants a tag team shot too for his buddies. Yeah, for the Dark Order, which I thought was great. He drops a line about how the Dark Order doesn't back down from a fight, which shows solidarity with mm-hmm. the Dark Order. Right. Uh, it's really good. This whole well, segment was so so good. Also, what a a wonderful olive branch to your fandom. Absolutely. If at the end of the pay-per-view, Dark Order holds most of the belts. Please. You know, with, yes. with all that they've been through. The, this um. feels like the, the beginning of the fall of the Elite. But but I'm not sure, you know what I mean? I like. There's so much discussion about where this could go. People are talking so much about who's going to be in the 5v5, what difference does that make, what may happen, what will spin off from this. And the fact that there's so much discussion and and interesting angles to be had well, is so great. If you put the two tag teams in the five on five, yeah, with him, who gets then the shot? They have an issue if they win, yeah, because one of them has to get a shot at title. Silver Reynolds or you know, uh, oh, what they call themselves, Uno and and uh, Stu Grayson, right? Well, they they definitely are tag team champions. Oh, for sure. Like, they have everything it takes. Okay, then we go into a backstage segment. Actually, real quick. Uh, go ahead. I did want to say I loved whatever the Bucks were wearing. I'd have no idea what Nick <laughs> Jackson was wearing. It was like a, one of those, like, wolf moon things. It was dope. Uh, but Matt Jackson was wearing, like, a Keith Haring uh, shirt. The, all the outlines, the color 
colored people outlines. That's Keith Haring's art, uh, and I just really liked seeing it. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, they they look like toddlers. Don't get me wrong, but that's part of the appeal, right? They look right. like clowns. They used to have these things called Garanimals clothing. Yes. And you would like match up your elephant top with your elephant bottom. Exactly. Just so you'd know that the colors matched and all that. Teaching kids to match clothes. Yes. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> That's exactly what it looks like. Right. Jericho backstage with um with a promo and you know, he repeats the I'm the god of thunder, I'm the god of war thing. And then Spears hits him with a chair in the throat and That's rough. MJF sits down and lets the God of War who now cannot speak or God of Thunder, who now cannot speak, you know, MJF lets him know what he has won, what the prize is going to be. His prize is a chair match with the chairman, Sean Spears. However, the wrinkle in this is that he does not get to use a chair. It's a one-sided chair match. Right. Right. Proverbial one-sided chair match in a butt-kicking contest. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but... Now, what I will say, too, is, though, if you notice, that was a lot of talking segments in a row. Yes. It didn't take up much time. No. I'll, I'll, they kept these talking segments pretty crisp. Right. And they moved them around so it wasn't like all this time period you're walking to the ring, walking out of the ring, doing all... It, it, it was interesting to me how much talking there was in this show, and yet it stayed hot. Yes. Because that's not... Oh, but, yeah. but you have a group of people that are good at talking. You know what I mean? I so even it loved, works. Like Kenny's Kenny's promo on Hangman was great. Ha, mm-hmm. He, the belt collector thing was so. Again, I've said it before, but Kenny Kenny being a heel, he's not like a, a hyper hyper masculine. Oh, I'm gonna beat you up heel. He's like he's just he's lame. Mm-hmm. He's so lame, and he thinks he's so cool. Like mm-hmm. the belt collector thing, you could tell. Like he like popped himself for it. Um, which again, it's, it's just one of those things where it's like he's so lame. I can't like like him. You know what I right. mean? Right. He which sucks. Is the point. He's mean. He's lame. He yeah. He's he's Kenny Omega. He's by God. He's Kenny Omega. But that guy sucks, right? Right. He's not like a cool heel. Right. He's just like man. This guy just sucks. Right. <laughs> he can't even like get being mean right. Exact. It's exactly. Awkward. It's it's. I Socially think it's really inept. smart. Yes. Yes. It, it's not like a cool heel that goes out there and is like, oh, I'm gonna beat you up. And you're, you can kind of go like, oh, yeah, that guy's kind of, kind of cool, right? Like with the Razor Ramon thing. Or I yeah. could go out and stab someone, and you'd be like, damn. Yeah, okay. right, right. He'd, he'd do the toothpick thing, and you'd be like, oh, yeah, this guy rules. But he, that guy deserved it. Right, right. Not with Kenny. No. Not with Kenny. Absolutely not. Christian versus Hardy. Wow. This match was way better than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Unreal. Um, They gave us... Perfectly uh, booked. Yes. Uh, Matt Hardy never had to do anything wrong or anything that he's not really capable of. He never had to sprint. He never had to run. He never had to pick up his pace. Christian did all that for him. Very smart. Um, Christian, at at some point after the back and forth, and then Christian begins to impose his will on the match, he's going through the ropes to get to Matt. Matt drops him with a DDT-ish onto the stairs, uh, an elevated DDT because Christian's hemmed up in the ropes trying to get through, which allows Matt to be on offense, and Matt doesn't have to do Anything out of the norm. Christian yes. does the jumping spots. Christian does the athletic spots. Christian puts himself in a spot to where he gets hit in the head by the stairs. Matt is now on top. Yes. He's winning. It's Christian so finally swings it. He gets things going his way. Flash, kill, kill switch. switch. Boom. I could not believe how good this was. It was, it was great. 
You know? You know, and they used to call, Christian used to call himself in TNA the instant classic. Because he's like, if I'm he's in a still, match, yeah. it's going to be that. And, it, and it, it was so true to him. And also, like, he doesn't have to do too much to be yeah. great. Which just, is an, yeah, all his matches are just really well-paced, really well-constructed. He's just smart. Just smart, yeah. Right. And can do everything. He's athletic. Oh, but for sure. that's not the key. The key is what's between his ears. Now, then, post-match, of course, obligatory Matt's family comes out to 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 right this wrong and then the Jurassic Express clears the ring interesting moment yes Luchasaurus puts Christian on his shoulders which was awkward for Christian because Christian's huge dude and yeah so he's probably like 12 feet in the air yeah on top of what's but also really awkward for Jungle Boy it looked ah, like Jungle Boy looked up and he was like really are there seeds that's my, of discontent that's, that's my gimmick seeds of discontent being sown here maybe I'm not sure because Jungle Boy's the whole gimmick is a, uh, like at least a little bit that he just like looks confused at stuff because he's supposed to be you know he's like a jungle boy right <laughs> which he, he is a, a person which but is he, why he doesn't talk when Christian's trying to pump him up that kind yeah. of thing <laughs> he just yeah so he's just like huh you gotta steal my gimmick huh <laughs> right then we move into Miro describing his ascent as God's favorite champion Miro another phenomenal promo right backed up with Britt Baker's promo the redeemer he calls himself oh. the, the the Bulgarian uh, flag colored belt right so freaking dope again yeah. i just i was blown away every week by miro coming out and just killing it right and Britt baker follows that up with her entering with tony she gives him a hug when she gets out there that. right and then the her promo was fire you know oh, yeah and she has gotten to a point too where she's gonna say something every week that makes you go "Ooh, i'm not sure yeah. And she's got, I mean, that's a tricky place. I'm sure she goes to these people and says, hey, is it cool if I, you like know. Bury you a little bit? Right. Because, and, and Vicky's been buried a lot, but to say, you know, Vicky, your last name means you'll always be relevant. That was rough. Rough. Oh, man. You know, because, I mean, Eddie Guerrero is, in a lot of ways, the legend for the wrestling fan. For, for the people who are, like, wrestling today, he pretty much... Like, everybody looks up to Eddie Guerrero, right? Right. Everyone from Sasha Banks uh, to, oh my gosh, I forgot his name. The guy who does the butt moves in New Japan. Well, I can't remember his name. The butt moves. Yeah, he does all the, the butt-related offense. He wears Eddie Guerrero boots. Oh! He, he does a bunch of Eddie Guerrero Oh my moves. God, he does wear Eddie Guerrero's pants and stuff. And he at one time he was really good, and now he kind of and he's still cool. But he, it, like you said, that's funny that she said that the butt moves. That's great. But and then she also says when she's talking about her match coming up for the championship against um, Nyla Rose, you know, you're top of the food chain, no doubt. But I'm off the menu. Do which is such a dope line, right? It's and how nobody's ever said that. Yeah, I don't, I've never heard that before. That's so crazy. Right, right. Okay. Then we get the Mox promo we talked about earlier, and again now we're we're going on, you know, three three speaking segments in a row. Uh, Taguchi, by the way. Taguchi, correct, yeah, correct, correct. I knew you'd get there. Uh, then we wind up with Wheeler, uh, Yato. Yeah, say it right. Uh, Wheeler Yuda. Yuda. Okay, say Versus it right. Versus Sammy, you. which ended up being with with Orange out there with him. Sammy didn't have any backup. It, I mean, Orange wasn't there to back up unless needed, of course. No, he doesn't do, quote, backup. He, right. he sits there and he's like, oh, man, my guy missed. Oh, no. <laughs> right. And we get a great little match. Absolutely. And and Sammy goes over. Of course he does. 
But say, again, we're telling the story of these guys getting away from being healed, right? So Sammy reaching out to him after a fantastic match, helping him up, shaking his hand, walking off, was a nice little nod to, hey, this is going to be a little different for us. Yes. Just like Santana and Ortiz prior. Then we get uh, Blade Bunny watching this thing, which kind of may allude to maybe that's where Sammy goes next. I hope so. You know, Blade's a good wrestler. Blade's a good old wrestler, absolutely. Right. Um, QT Marshall's thing came up. We already talked about that a little bit. He wound up pouring his milkshake on Tony's head, which was... Rude. And gross. Gross, yeah. I wouldn't want a milkshake poured on my head. Penelope versus Magic Girl. Yuka Saka. Yuka, say it for me. Sakazaki. Thank you You, so you much. almost had it. I could tell you you would. I think if you had completed it, you would have gotten it. Right. If I was more bucks and less hangman, yes, I would have got that exactly. Right. I was just too timid for it. What did you think of this match? Uh, I loved it. Uh, I think Yuka Sakazaki was a little... I'm not going to say rusty because she wrestles frequently. But the fact that the ring is different does make a huge difference for a lot of the Joshi wrestlers. Uh, you even see people like Io Shirai. Shoot, you even saw like AJ Styles when right. he, he came from Japan to WWE. There is a difference in the way the ring ropes are set up, the tension in them, the way the entire ring... It's it's a little different. So you see Yuka Sakazaki a little unsure when she was doing some of the top rope moves. She got them done because mm -hmm. she's a professional. Um, but you could tell that there, there's a difference in the tension on the ropes. Right. right. Uh, but I really like the match. I think Penelope impressed me more in this match than she has in a while. I, of course, I love Yuka Sakazaki. She's really wonderful. She goes uh, over. She goes over, which was awesome. I didn't actually expect that. Right. Right. Uh, I also liked uh, Penelope's new gear. Right. I thought that, like like you just said, I, I didn't know there was a little bit of either these two haven't worked together much oh, yeah. or something, yeah. right? Absolutely. But it, was, it wasn't it was bad by any means. It just wasn't as crisp as it will yes. be if they Absolutely. wrestle again in a month. Which I hope they do. Right. I hope they, they continue that. Interesting. There were moments when they talked about Penelope maybe becoming more and having her lose. Um, I'm not against it. Oh. Uh, to if she's gonna separate from Kip, Which, then yeah, she you know having a couple of losses, and it doesn't hurt her at uh, all in matches that we get to see can help build a character there in that way too, right? Now we get to the main event of the evening, coffin match, Darby, Ethan Page, this thing is gonna be hot. It starts out hot. Uh, Darby dives into him with a uh, 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 metal backpack thing strapped I to him. I love that. It was very reminiscent of like the the Bret Hart, right? Correct. Steel chest plate. Uh, right. He doesn't really wear it for the rest of the match, but it was a good good way to start. Right. Right. And then of course the retort to that, the surprise here was I have the steel on my back and the retort was Scorpio in the coffin. Which is so genius. I can't believe I didn't see it coming. He had like the black rose in his mouth too. It was great. Right. And it was so good. And of course the stinger comes down and they have a no a no holds barred match. Straight up during in the audience. During the other match. They fight off screen. I don't think we ever found out what happened with them fighting their way. No, out they of they just kept going. They they didn't even show the stinger splash. To our knowledge, they're on a bus traveling to the next town fighting right now. Exactly. As far as we know. Um I want them to to first segment this upcoming dynamite, just like I will say this the too. 
it's one thing to take that I fell off the top rope mm-hmm. and, and hit my crotch on the turnbuckle, which yes. is cushioned, or the rope, which dude, gives. Yeah, dude. Take Scorpio. that spot wow. on a freaking that's crazy rail in a in a building you know what the margin for error for that is nothing there ain't no he could, dude he wrung his chomps oh there's yeah there's no way that didn't hurt <laughs> my hell i was so yeah I, I totally i was so impressed yeah i was yeah. like damn the commitment <laughs> yeah. to making the stinger look what good. are you thinking you know oh, what i mean what? like man uh, when, when somebody pitched that spot i would have been like well, is Whoa. there another one what if I fall over instead? What, any, what if you hit me with a trash can? What if anything? You know what I mean? Anything what but we, that's like right. with the, the, the rope, you can kind of be like, you can kind of catch yourself on the other ropes or something. Get your you hand down, I mean? slow down the fall, anything. anything. No, it's just donk. Yeah. Woof. Woof. Okay, but anyway, then we get a match that was continuing violent. the other way. It was violent. It was well done. Paige. Uh, Ego's edge on the ring steps. My God. Oh, wolf! Right, uh, you know, Darby does what he does, which is try to kill himself. Violent. Even though Darby winds up eventually, Paige succumbs and winds up in the coffin. Darby still tries to kill himself post match oh with my, the coffin I cannot drop. Believe the post match coffin drop right. into the coffin was crazy. That's also a move that has zero margin for error. Because if you saw the way the it, coffin was constructed. There were like uh, wooden triangles sticking up pretty much around the the frame of the coffin. Man, if he had hit one of those, it would have killed him. Right. It would have been bad. Right. Uh, so he, but no, he he landed perfectly. Agreed. Right on Ethan, by the way. <laughs> Agreed. I was, um, like I said, this match was great. The show was great. I was, I found it interesting how much of the show was not wrestling. Yeah, but they still managed to fit like five, well, how many matches was it? One... Two, three, four, five, six matches. I think we talked about last week how sometimes you can wind up watching wrestling and the talking is really the important stuff. Yeah. That's how you tell the stories. At least, you know, New Japan tells stories differently, right? They do it in the ring. But but here it's different. And I remember, you know, the I don't like the comparisons of AEW with the Attitude Era or Nitro or whatever. Uh, I do compare it to Nitro sometimes, but... Uh, I've thought recently that that's not a fair comparison anymore because as they've moved away from some of the things that I thought were the quick associations. I will say this, though. When wrestling companies are getting over with fans, a lot of that is about talking. Ric Flair used to say, can you talk the arena full? Or, I don't think he said it exactly in those words. I'm sure I paraphrased there, but... You know what I mean? You got to talk them into the arena. The match will happen, right? Because realistically, half the time you're talking about trying to kill somebody. Oh, yeah. We're probably going to fall short of death, so we're not going to match up to the words. But you still have to give me excitement in what you say. And the way that I, I, I want, I'm going to try to pay attention and figure out why it is it works here so well. One is Britt Baker's great on the mic. Yes. All the, even Jericho's great on the mic. You know, he's made a lifetime out of being great on the mic. Everybody here can talk. But something in the way they group them together and then you give you match. Yes. Group them together. Yes. Match. And then most of the promos don't involve walking to the arena. Yeah, they're, they're not really, like, long and drawn out. They'll, like, cut to someone who's already in the ring or something like that. Right. And so the talking segments are three minutes then another three minutes, and three minutes, and then it's quick, or or a, a minute twenty. Yes, and 
it works quickly and it allows it all to have a boom, 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 boom. And there's a rhythm to it. Yes. You know what Abs- I mean? Absolutely. Bang, They're bang, really bang, well match. Bang, 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 match. Bang, 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 I match. never got bored. I was right. literally right. engaged every single minute of those two hours, except right. for uh, the commercials. Right. Now, there is... This was basically like... It was perfect, you know? Right. Absolutely. Now, I did watch Impact this week. They're setting up Slammiversary. I'm not incredibly blown away by what's going on there. I will say I would be interested if Sammy were to win over Kenny some way, somehow. Um, They do have Deanna Prazo, who I think is a fantastic performer. And she doesn't know who her opponent will be. And they did tease a little bit when Scott Gamore said, your opponent, well, let me just say this is going to be iconic. And so they can go with either an icon or one of the iconics. Yes. Right? Ah. So they kind of teased it there. That was clever. Um, But the main thing going on right now is what AEW is doing. And even to some degree, sadly, the main thing that's going on in because it, it, it stinks when I'm looking at Impact and going, well, I'm interested if Sammy wins the uh, wins the belt because that kind of tells me that maybe Kenny's going to lose the AEW belt too. Yeah. Because I assume he'll lose one of the other ones before he loses his. Right? The clock starts that ticking make, yeah, when that, he loses one of the other ones. That makes sense. Absolutely. Right. All right. So this has been me, KP. My man, Jared, you had a great day. Great. One of my favorite episodes of Dynamite. Yeah. I feel yeah. like I say that like every couple of months where I'm just like, that may have been the best episode of Dynamite. I don't think I've said it, but about twice. And I do think this was my favorite. It was great. It you know, was. it was phenomenal. Absolutely great. Absolutely. Uh, for me, KP, my man, Jared, Go Home Meat Production, Copyright 2020. Check out our friends at the Gin Project. The G-I-N-N Project.com. Go home.